Monday show, recapping a lot from yesterday, including Steven Sousa with another home run. You gotta pick up Tommy Fam already. Who should you drop for Tommy Fam? We have a new game to play called Are You Aware That? Dot dot dot. I'll have to explain that one a little bit later. And Scott, a trivia question for you and all the listeners. Who is the number one outfielder in points leagues? Number two in Roto. You think about that for the next 15 seconds because i got to tell you about ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter.com, if you are hiring, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and that's all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Scott, who's the number one outfielder in points, number two in Roto? Well, the fact you're asking me and the fact that it's different leads me to believe the one who's number one in points leagues isn't Aaron Judge anymore. Correct. So I'm going to go with an outfielder who's been hot lately, Bryce Harper. Ooh, what a great guess. But you are two points wrong. Bryce Harper's uh, number two. Judge is three. Judge is still one in Roto. Okay. Okay, yeah. but it, but Harper's not the right answer? No, it's wrong. Oh, okay. Um, one more guess. Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Yes, also been hot. Congratulations. Yes, he homered yesterday. I think he has 22 home runs now on a career pace. How about this email? And we have a lot to get to today. A lot of shortstop talk. We'll look at, we'll look at, uh, Xander Bogart. He's been cold lately. Chris Owings, uh, guys like that. Also, Jose Reyes has been good. Orlando Arcia had a good game yesterday. More on shortstops later. But how about this question? From Ash in England. Is Charlie Blackman the most underrated player in fantasy? I'm not saying he's Mike Trout, but I don't see why he isn't viewed as the number two outfielder. Compare Blackman to Bryce Harper. They have essentially the same slash line. The only thing Harper dominates Blackman in is walks, but Blackman is a better source of steals and already has 11 triples. So why is uh, Blackman, you know, why isn't Blackman the number two outfielder in your rankings? That's the question from Ash in England. What's your stinking answer, Scott? <laughs> okay, first of all, is he really the better source of steals? I don't know how many Harper has this year. That's an honest question. I, yes. I think Harper had more steals than Blackman last year, so I don't know that that's a safe assumption. This year, Blackman has eight, and Harper has two. Okay. Um, And walks are a big deal. I mean, walks, there's some validity uh, to to the rest of a player's performance by how well, he gauges the strike zone, so I don't think that's, you know, there, there's value beyond just the, the, what walks contribute in a points league. But I do think there is maybe a case to be made that we're underrating Blackman a little. And this is actually something Chris Towers brought up after Friday's podcast when we, uh, Heath, Chris, and I took turns picking players to, to form a, a first two rounds for next year. I think Blackman was an early second round pick. <laughs> right. And look, there, there's a cluster of hitters there. The Freddie Freeman, Joey Votto, uh, a group where it's, it's hard to choose between them. But maybe Blackman does belong at the front of the group. Part of the hesitation for me, uh, you know, if we're, if we're talking about, you know, next year going forward is particularly with the outfield surplus the Rockies have, you know, there, there's still the possibility Blackman gets traded next year, this offseason, whatever. It's not going to happen with the Rockies competing this year, of course. Uh, but I think I think Blackman's owners are doing nothing but sitting on him right now, and that's probably what they should do. <laughs> Charlie Blackman at home 
has a 399 batting average and an 815 slugging percentage. On the road, he is batting 267 with a 438 slugging percentage. Last year, he did very well on the road. Uh, he had yeah. like a nine, he had an OPS over 900 on the road, but this year, much, much better at home. All right. That is your Charlie Blackman discussion. He is right now, as of today, and that could change very easily. You know, one more, Harper had a good game too, but, uh, could change, but right now, uh, Charlie Blackman is the number one outfielder in points leagues, number two in Roto. All right, Scott, who stood out to you? In Monday's action. Well, Tommy Pham was a big one, and uh, he's he's a big part of today's waiver wire column when I put it out after the podcast. Reached base four times again. His ownership percentage is – it's absurd how low it is. Like, it's, it's irresponsible of fantasy owners to continue to pass over Tommy Pham like they have because, I, I mean, his – the, the the strikeout rate isn't prohibitive like we saw last year. The home run, the, the power potential is exceptional even by today's standards. And he walks and he runs. And I don't know what he doesn't do for you. Tommy <laughs> Pham should be must-own. He's practically must-start at this point. People need to get with the program. Uh, he is four, 55% owned. So it's time for a new game, Ridiculous. Scott. You ready Ridiculous. for the game? Yeah. Okay. The game is who would you drop for Tommy Pham? And again, Fam is 55% owned, batting 311, slugging 530 with 12 steals in 63 games. Would you drop Mark Trumbo for Tommy Fam? I probably should do that. Yeah, my rankings probably need to be updated to reflect that. I just want I, this kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, he's one for 11 right now, Trumbo, in his last three games. Before that, he had an 11 game stretch with an OPS. Over 1,100. He had five home runs and a 308 batting average. So mm-hmm. I actually missed that little hot streak from Trumbo, but but he's you know one for his last 11 since then. And, and Trumbo should probably not be the one being dropped in very many leagues. It's more you have to get Fam in your lineup. Okay. Uh, so you drop. So all right, Fam, you're gonna move ahead of Trumbo. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Would you drop Kyle Schwarber for Tommy Fam? Yes, easily. What if he's catcher eligible? Um, probably still then. I mean, it would depend to my other. Yeah, I mean, most of the catchers stink, so maybe it wouldn't depend that yeah. much who my other catcher is. I, I think I'd do that, just regardless. Would you drop Carlos Gonzalez for Tommy Pham? Easily. Gregory Polanco. He, he might. He might just be somebody I'm dropping for. You know, for for whatever flavor of the week is emerging on waivers, because he's hardly playing cargo. Yeah, Gregory Polanco. Yes, you would. Yep. Uh, let me go back to cargo here because you know, look, he's been terrible and he is sitting right now. But they, uh-huh. this did happen with Andrew McCutcheon a couple months ago, where he sat. In fact, two years in a row it happened with McCutcheon. They sat him for a few games. He came back and he played very well. Are you afraid to drop Carlos Gonzalez for, you know, a two-star pitcher next week? I, I've been afraid for a long time because obviously we've seen this tendency to have these half-season streaks from Carlos Gonzalez. But it's it's not just the fact that he has played only like half the time since returning from the DL. It's that combined with the fact that Gerardo Parra is hitting 340, that Rymel Tapia has done great. That's overflow as it is. 
uh, even before you get to cargo. And then the talk of the Rockies being interested in J.D. Martinez. I'm not counting on them acquiring J.D. Martinez, but the fact that they're interested in acquiring the outfield tells you a little about their mindset with cargo. And I, I'm just tired of waiting it out. I'm, I'm ready to move on. All right, fair enough. So the other guys that we're going to give you are all owned in fewer leagues than Schwarber and Cargo and Polanco. So I'm assuming you dropped them all for Tommy Pham, and I was going to say Mitch Haniger, Kendris Morales, Trey Mancini, Shinsu Chu. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line mm-hmm. is there are plenty of players you could drop for Tommy Pham. What about Steven Souza, 80% owned, has a 965 OPS in his last 46 games with 14 home runs? And a 291 batting average. Now remember, Souza got off to a great start. OPS over a thousand in his first 22 games. Then he went ice cold. He was still striking out a lot. 24 Ks in those 22 games. Then he went ice cold. He batted 119 in his next 20 games. He looked like the same old Steven Souza. And now he's homering like every day. I can't get him out of my lineup. 46 games now for Souza with a 965 OPS, 291 batting average, but 52 strikeouts in those 46 games. So who do you like better, Souza or Fam? I like Fam more. I'm down with Souza. I'm fine starting Souza, owning Souza, all of that. It's it's fine, but I I just Fam has been so good at so many things for so long. Like I just think the all around skill set is better than Souza's. Are you mostly buying Steven Souza? And you and you did, you know, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and I thought you were mm-hmm. crazy, but he's kept it going here. What do you think yeah. about Souza? I think he has the kind of profile that could overcome a high strikeout rate. The, uh, you know, 25%. I haven't looked up his line drive rate recently, but I imagine it's still hovering around 25%, which is very high. It's, it's part of the reason we're excited about Domingo Santana. It's part of the reason we came to buy Freddie Freeman as a ridiculously high Babbitt guy. Uh, Hitting line drives is great for batting average, and so uh, I, I think it's going to counteract the effect of Souza's strikeouts. All right, let's get uh, let's get to the bullpens here. Oh boy, did we have a nasty Twitter interaction about bullpens yesterday, Scott White? <laughs> Nasty's a little strong. yeah, it was a little strong. A little strong. guy guy was tired of hearing about bullpens. No, and which... I get that. You know, some people who play in like ten team leagues, they don't care about some right. of these bullpens. Right, he, he drew a comparison of uh. Closers, relief pitchers to uh, to kickers in football, saying you know that'd be like us investing a lot of time talking about kickers. It's not because there are few fantasy football leagues that require owners to roster two and three kickers. I imagine if there were more of them, kickers would be a much bigger deal in fantasy football. So that that's what you have to consider. If it is a shallow league and everybody owns just two relievers, okay, there's always options on the waiver wire, but there are many, many. The majority of leagues aren't like that. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, if Ryan Madsen is the closer, you don't you don't often see, you know, a lot of times closers changing teams, it doesn't always matter. Sometimes it's closers losing their role and going to a setup role and, like, on a better team. But if Ryan Madsen is the closer, like, that's one of the best teams in baseball. That's a really good opportunity uh, a huge change in value if Madsen becomes the Nationals' closer. I mean, like, I, I was riding Coda Glover for a while when he was closing for the Nats. But we had Brett Cecil getting a save last night, and um, Kevin Segrist pitched the eighth, started the ninth, gave up a leadoff walk, and then Cecil came on and got the save. And we had Brad Brock getting a save for the Orioles, which, which is probably only significant if Britain gets traded. But Britain threw 18 probably. pitches on Sunday. He, he threw Britain 18 has pi- not 
Britain hasn't been lights out no. since coming back. It's been like six appearances, and this is kind of what we saw from him the first time he yeah. came back from this injury, which was the same injury that continually interfered with Wade Davis's 2016. So uh, I'm, I wouldn't be dropping Brad Brock. I wouldn't be dropping Zach Britton either. Somebody asked me that on Twitter, but uh, I wouldn't be dropping Brock. All right, but now as far as Cecil goes. Yes. Uh, uh. Yeah, it was well, been, No, I know, but it's just it's annoying. Uh, aside from Sunday's blown safe, he's been good lately. 16 of 17 scoreless appearances for yeah. Brett Cecil. Yeah. Uh, Rosenthal's also been really good. Like his last five appearances yeah. or so, Rosenthal's been lights out. And we yep. thought there might be a chance that he would get the next save opportunity. Yes. Uh, there was kind of a, I call it a half quote. <laughs> From Mike Matheny. It was a two-word quote that was kind of worked into a narrative in a way that wasn't clear exactly the phrasing of the question. But a lot of sites ran with the idea that Rosenthal will get the next chance because of that. And um, and it may have been an instance where, look, he had pitched in three straight games. Rosenthal had. So he he wasn't available. But at the same time, like I'm not ruling out Rosenthal going turning around and getting the next save opportunity for the Cardinals, but when a team I feel like when a, when a manager struggles to find a reliable option for the ninth inning for as long as Mike Matheny has, he's more likely to stick with a guy until that guy fails him. So like every conversion carries huge momentum in these situations. I think Brett Cecil is a higher priority to own than Trevor Rosenthal. Really? Yeah. Okay. Who is the who is the guy that that is the highest priority right now that could be available? You're looking at Madsen, Brad Brock. We'll put him in there because there could be a trade. Tommy Conley, you know, or Canley, excuse me, because there could be a trade. Uh, it's so you know, uh, Keone Kella, who could be back on Thursday, maybe a little bit later than that. Alex Claudio, who got a few saves for the Rangers. Who is the highest priority relief pitcher right now? Madsen, of those ones you named, of of the ones who would be highly available. I I think both the fact that he's the right-hander of him and Doolittle, um, and uh, I didn't find the actual clip from MLB Radio, but somebody mentioned on Twitter that Dusty Baker gave a clear indication that he would go with Madsen first. Um, still don't think it's clear that the Nationals won't acquire another option from the ninth inning, but right now, of those options, Madsen is the clearest choice, and he's a good choice. He's yeah, a good pitcher. They're rumored to be in on Justin Wilson, but it's not to say that Madsen wouldn't close ahead of Justin Wilson, so we'll see. But the Nationals, like I said yesterday, they got two pretty darn good relievers. Guys were having good seasons in Doolittle and, uh, and uh, Madsen, and there are some freaking juggernauts in baseball right now. I mean... Think about it. The Nationals are are awesome. The Astros, I'm a little bit worried about them. We should talk about Lance McCullers because he's struggling. Keuchel's on the DL. I still believe very strongly in the Red Sox. The Dodgers, holy cow, are they killing it. We all expect the Cubs to start playing better. They've won four in a row. There are some juggernauts, Scott White. Yeah. Who's winning the World Series? Who's winning the World Series? Um, the Marlins are clearly winning the World hey, Series. Hey, where have you <laughs> been, Chris Towers? <laughs> oh, man. All over the place, Adam. All over the place. But I'm back. I'm here. Uh, car trouble, from what I understand. 
Yeah, and internet had to take trouble the car too. into the dealership. <laughs> now I'm having internet trouble. I got a new computer and it's just not connecting to the internet. It's been a fun morning. So he's he's podcasting blind. He he seemed a little unsure whether he sh- should do the podcast if he couldn't connect to the internet. So we'll see. Oh, I mean, come on. Believe in yourself. Believe in your smelf. Yeah, what is that? Smelf? <laughs> I think isn't it like uh <laughs> Old Spice or something? Oh. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't know, Scott. I think you made that up. I don't, I doubt you made that up. You're usually pretty good with that, but since I don't know it, you probably made that up. Um, the Astros are winning the World Series. To answer your question. Mm, once they get Sonny Gray on their team, it will help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hey, Chris, good morning. Morning. Alright. How's it going? Good, good. We're rolling along here. Let's get into a couple of struggling studs. Lance McCullers. Last four starts, no more than five and a third in any of those starts. He gave up four and runs in four and two thirds against the Mariners yesterday. Uh, he's been struggling and only pitched 84 innings last year and he's already up to 96 this year. That's McCullers and Jason Vargas, two terrible starts in a row. Let's start with McCullers. How worried are you guys? Chris, you haven't spoken much today. You've been very quiet. Why don't you, uh, tell us how you're feeling about McCullers? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm particularly concerned. I'm going to look up the velocity just to see if that's down, and if it is, then that would be a reason to be concerned. But just looking at the overall numbers, you know, 22 strikeouts and 19 and a third in that's in this four-start stretch, it doesn't seem like a big concern to me. The concern for me isn't as much um, McCullers' performance as um, the what the Astros are doing with him, because I I think. Partly this, this limitation, this, it's, it's less than six innings in four of his last five starts. Yeah. And he's on like 170 inning pace now for the season. I have to think, especially since they look like a team that could go to the World Series and, and he didn't throw many innings last year. This is by design and we're going to see even more of this in the second half. It, it's hard, you know, aside from helping in the whip and ERA categories, it's hard for even a really good pitcher to make a big fantasy impact if he's throwing less than six innings every time. So that's like I earlier this year in Tout Wars, I traded D Gordon. I had a ton of steals. I traded D Gordon straight up for McCullers because I needed pitching help. I would like to have that trade back now. That's that's hmm. the extent of my concern. Oh. Wow. All right. All right. So would you rather have Lance McCullers or Marcus Stroman rest of season? I would still rather have McCullers. I think in a points league, I'd rather have Stroman. That's another adjustment I need to make to my rankings. Roto, I'll stick with McCullers. Alrighty, and Jason Vargas. What's there to say about Jason Vargas? Uh, two dreadful starts in a row, but he's still got a 306 ERA and he's 12 and 4 and 81% started, 91% owned. Yeah, I, I'm still okay with him. He's not somebody I'm thrilled to start in one start weeks, but, um, you know, good at good at uh, limiting base runners, not giving up walks, pitching deep into games, and um, I I think I think we're going to see that ERA continue to creep up, kind of like we have with Irvin Santana. There will be some ugly starts mixed in, as part of that process mixed in, but I don't think it, Vargas is just a, like a lost cause going forward. Yeah, I kind of think he is. I'd be fine dropping him. I I know. I got some pushback for saying that a couple weeks ago when he was still at the height of his uh, strong production, but I just there's no explanation for what he's been doing this season that makes any amount of sense. By all accounts, he should still be 
maybe a low fours ERA uh, starting you pitcher. You have the I, guts to drop him though. A guy who was twelve and four I, with a three oh six ERA. I dropped Taiwan Walker recently. I dropped. Uh, I, I dropped. I think I dropped Steven Matson in another. Like I just. Yeah, right. at some point you have to go with not what's happened. You banked that production already. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if I don't think he's going to be any good, and I don't really see any reason to think he is, and you know there there was a he's been good as this kind of pitcher before. Like I, I see it like as different from good. Matt's. Matt's profile he requires him to miss bats. Vargas Vargas has been a solid, you know, particularly but, from but someone who's. You're totally fine dropping yeah. in the past too. Like based on the past, there's um, never yeah. been a point in his career where Jason Vargas was a must-own pitcher before the first two and a half months of this season. Why would we assume that he's just a different guy when he's not actually doing anything different? There was a I, I, part of it's the pitching landscape. I think is different from when Vargas was good before. Like, but he's like what? It, but he's not. I, I know for sure you'd drop him for Luis Castillo, who's highly sure. available, and, and that's probably if it came to that, I might too. But I. I have a hard time seeing Vargas being the bottom pitcher to drop on any of my What teams. is Jason Vargas doing right now that makes you think he's not replaceable? Uh, pitching deep into games. Right, but that's only because he's limiting runs. But that's only because he's limiting runs. Well, he's limiting runs, though. That's a thing. Right, but I don't think, but if I don't think that's sustainable, and I see no reason to think it's sustainable. Right. To the, to the, like, I don't think he's going, what is his ERA now? 306? Yeah. His ERA is going up from here. But I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't see him having like a five and a half ERA rest of season. No, but if he has a four point five ERA, he's not going to start going to deep. He's not going to keep going deep into games. Well, that's that's I mean, a high if ERA. He's, if he's, I, I think he's efficient enough to give up three or four runs a start and still go six and seven innings consistently. He averaged six point two innings per start in two thousand fourteen with a three seven one ERA, like. That's fine. That's useful, but I'm totally fine dropping him if I see somebody that I think can make a difference because I just I don't see any reason to believe I'm going to miss him. Okay, Jason Vargas, thank you for this uh, lovely debate. News and notes: Carlos Correa, uh, he jammed his thumb. He's been playing through pain for the last couple days. Seems like he's going to miss some time, and this would help Marwin Gonzalez, who's 89% owned. And Marwin Gonzalez is already the number eight shortstop in points leagues, number four in roto. With a 973 OPS this year, a 726 OPS in his career, but killing it this year. Marwin Gonzalez batting 311 with 17 home runs, figures to play a little bit more. Uh, but let's hope it's only for a couple days because I have to beat Chris in the podcast league and I need <laughs> Carlos Correa to help me do that. Um, now if he goes on the DL, you could look at Orlando Arcia, you could look at Jose Reyes. I think we'll talk about shortstop, we will talk about shortstops a little bit later. You, J- you know who you could look at maybe more locally? Who's that? Alex Bregman's been sitting on one game shy of shortstop eligibility for like two oh, and a half months. Good point. Yeah, that's that could happen. That could definitely happen. Uh, all right, J.D. Martinez <clears throat> left with back tightness. The move was precautionary. San Francisco's sellout streak ended at 530 games. It was the longest streak in NL history. And they're bad. Steven Vogt left with uh, after a collision at home plate. It's actually a knee injury right now that's got Steven Vogt. He, Chad Cool, the Pirates pitcher, collided with him at home plate. You don't see that very often. He was trying to slide, but, you know, didn't work. Um, we mentioned the Nationals still looking for relievers, including Justin Wilson. That's according to MLB.com. The Braves activated Sean Rodriguez, who started yesterday. He had an 859 OPS last year. Is Sean Rodriguez somebody that deep league owners should be looking at? 
I because because we presumed up until very recently he was out for the year. So I uh, I was able to pick him up in a deep NL only league, and his versatility could come in handy there. But it would it would just be a deep league situation. I I don't think that bats are going to be regular enough for any other format. Did you guys talk about uh, Dansby already? Did they no. demote him? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of talk yesterday about how he's basically not the everyday shortstop now with, uh, with Rodriguez back. They're not sending him down to AAA yet, okay. uh, but they're not going to be playing him every single day now. Uh, yeah, I no mean, way. Johan Camargo's had a impact on that too. And Ozzy Albies has been playing a lot more shortstop recently at AAA, so I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility we could just see the Braves swap out Swanson for Albies. Which, you know, I think anybody would be welcome to that. Any fantasy owner would be welcome to that idea now because Swanson's done nothing all year. Martin Prado on the DL with a knee sprain that's going to hurt the Marlins World Series chances. The Royals sent Jorge Soler to the minors and called up Billy Burns. Uh, second baseman Cesar Hernandez is back and leading off for the Phillies. He's 38% owned. He's not hitting very well, but he has scored 41 runs in 59 games this year as a leadoff hitter for the Phillies. So Cesar Hernandez, I don't know. Uh, he's back, 38% owned. You want to assess this return to the lineup? That had Curtis Granderson sitting again and Michael Conforto homering again. Edwin Diaz has recorded a save in four days in a row. He needs a break. Greg Bird <laughs> likely out for the year after ankle surgery. Keone Kella could be back Thursday. He might need a little rehab assignment, though. Randall Gritchick could be back Thursday. Jake Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi pitched out of the stretch for almost the entire game yesterday, and he turned in a great performance against Oakland at Oakland, and he had been struggling a little bit, so I don't know. Something to keep in mind. Jason Hamill tried it earlier. I guess he's been better, but not very good. Odorizzi pitching out of the stretch. Mitch Hanniger could be like back today. Been, What's that? Strasburg's been doing it all year. Yep, that's true. Sad. Yes. Yep. Uh, Mitch Hanniger could be back today. Colin McHugh could come off the DL this weekend. Anyone interested in Colin McHugh? Uh, not yet, no. I mean, last couple of years has been pretty rough for him. I still think there's potential there, but um, I need to see some results before I invest in him. I'm going to give you some players that are available in a lot of leagues, deep league targets. You tell me if they're under-owned. Gerardo Parra is 23% owned. He's batting 464 in seven games with 11 RBIs since coming off the DL. Gerardo Parra, 23% owned. Nick Williams is 7 for his last 20 with two homers and two doubles. He's 13% owned. Steve Pierce is 6% owned. He's been playing a lot of left field for the Blue Jays. And Jabari Blash has six hits, two homers, and two doubles in his last four games for the Padres. Uh, he's very unowned. under uh, Not under-owned, just available. Gerardo Parra, 23%. Nick Williams, 13%. Steve Pierce and Jabari Blash, barely owned. I think Gerardo Parra is one of the more under-owned players in fantasy baseball right now. His batting average is up to 341 with all the multi-hit games he's been putting together. And that's with the 361 BABIP. So, you know, there's some regression coming, but not like he still profiles as a guy who's going to hit over 300 in that environment. And it's kind of what I had hoped for him going into last year. Remember, he had, Parr that, was, he had the high ankle sprain that just killed his yeah, season. He just couldn't yeah. get healthy last year. Yeah, but right. he stunk, he stunk before that. And he wasn't very and, good earlier. This, and I'm not actually, his, dis, I'm not disagreeing. But it just defa- uh, he hasn't really been that good with the Rockies. I feel like his profile in that environment should make him kind of like a poor man's AJ Pollock, and that's what he's looked like recently. And he seems to be getting 
uh, the nod over Carlos Gonzalez right now. They're they're starting to talk about David Dahl just not getting to the majors this season. Yeah, I mean, he's that been, he's been tearing it up on rehab assignment, but it it seems like they're just not going to need him with the way Para. And it could change suddenly. Fine, but uh, I mean he's available in three quarters of CBS Sports leagues. Let's yeah, I think he should be owned in five categories leagues, especially because. At the very least, he should be a very useful player in batting average. Yeah. Right. And uh, in your five outfielder categories leagues, that should be very valuable. He's up to eight home runs and 189 plate appearances, too. So, I mean, it's not like he's a zero with the power. I'm sure Coors Field helps a lot with that. but Yeah. Yeah, no, I good. mean, at home, he's got a 1046 OPS para, so... All right, that's the one. How about uh, Chris, Nick Williams, Steve Pierce, Jabari Blash? Any interest? Uh, Steve Pierce is always intermittently useful. There are always three or four week stretches every season where he's worth using, but he's only first base and outfield eligible now. Mm. Uh, yeah, because he's had right. second base eligibility in the past, and that's when he really gets interesting. But I don't think he's gotten there this season. No. Okay. Um. So it's hard to get excited about that. And the pitchers for deep leaguers, Luis Perdomo has been pretty bad lately. He's 19% owned. Adalberto Mejia had a, you know, pretty good start against the Yankees. 25% owned. Andrew Kashner's 12% owned. Anything jump out at you guys there with Perdomo, Mejia, or Kashner? I, I believe not be. Andrew Kashner has not allowed a home run at home yet, which seems pretty wild. Uh, he's in, incredibly lucky to have a 358 ERA <laughs> right now. Yeah, I could not be less interested in these three. Okay. All right, it's time for a new game. This game is called, Hey, Are You Aware That? And before I tell you about this, are you aware that ZipRecruiter is extremely useful, extremely important for all of you employers out there? You need to try ZipRecruiter when you're looking for top talent, and you can do that for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. If you want to find the best people when you're hiring, you need to expand your search. You need to get the word out. And ZipRecruiter will help you do that. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different because unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. And that's why businesses of all sizes use ZipRecruiter. Big business, little business, whatever it is. Use ZipRecruiter.com to make your hires. And our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free today. One more time, that URL, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. An excellent I am aware of that, Adam. You've done a good job of making me aware of that. Good, yeah. and, and that, our... that whole thing was a question. Okay, oh, all right. Well, so far, yeah. you're doing well with this new game. Now, yeah. Back to baseball. <laughs> hey, uh, are you aware that uh, Steven Strasburg and Giancarlo Stanton have not gotten injured yet this season? You're going to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both thriving. Strasburg, top six starting pitcher. Although uh, you look at the top five guys ahead of him, much better ERAs, much better whips. But Strasburg's still having a really good year. And Stanton, number seven outfielder in points, number eight in roto. Career low strikeout percentage, three multi-homer games in his last nine to raise his OPS from 870 to 943. Um, 
forget 40 homer season. He's on a 50 homer pace now. Well, look, these are two of the most he injury missed prone one players. by about three feet yesterday, too. Really? Yeah, he got, uh, it wasn't robbed, but it was at the wall in deep left center. Well, we don't, that doesn't count, Chris. I don't know what to oh, tell I'm you. just saying, he's been even better. <laughs> oh. He should have like a 946 OPS. He should be on a 60 homer pace. Well, what do you do with these two guys? They are two of the most injury prone players in baseball, Strasburg and Stanton. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna give you fair value for them. If you can get it, fine if you're worried, but there's no reason to trade them. They're awesome. Yeah, like they're both really good players and specifically in Stanton's in, in Stanton's case, you're, you're looking at a guy who has just had a bunch of freak injuries. Last year, I think it was the groin or the, the year before, I think it was the groin. The year before that, he got hit by a pitch. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's had a hand injury, but like he's never had, I don't think he's ever had like, a serious injury twice. And you can look at it and say, okay, he's just injury prone. Then he just has maybe a low tolerance for pain or the fact that he's six foot five, 250 pounds just makes it harder for him to play through minor aches and pains. But you could just look at it and say, he's just had some bad luck and he's managed to just avoid the bad luck so far. Uh-huh. I mentioned Steven Strasburg's pitched out of the stretch all year. You know what stretching does for preventing injuries. That's, that's, I guess that's a decent point. I had a long time to think of that joke, and it wasn't very good. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't but think I Adam mean, even was aware of it. Well, no, I mean, I get it. But also, you know, pitching out of the windup, there's more motion, right? More things that could go wrong. Uh, it, I, it wasn't a serious point. Well, it, it was, was a great point, Scott. Okay. And right. Stanton has changed his approach at the plate. The strikeout rate going down is not necessarily a... uh an accident, and so, you know, he's he's managed to still hit for power while hitting for a bit more contact, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this counts. I'm going to say it, it does. Now, you're just going to have to take my word for it. Honor system. I was going to make one of my bold predictions at the beginning of the year. I was going to make my one of my bold predictions. Giancarlo Stanton stays healthy for a full season. Oh, you're so full of it. I was going to do it. But now I'm going to make a different bullet prediction, one that's actually, okay. you know, on the air being broadcast. He's getting hurt tomorrow? No, he's going to play more than 150 games. He's going to stay healthy, but Giancarlo Stanton is going to play the last month of the season with a nagging hand injury that is going to affect his performance. Wow, that is a very specific yeah. bold injury, uh, bold <laughs> prediction. There you go. That's what we do on this show. All right, next up. All right. Hey, uh, are you aware that Brandon Kinsler is the number five closer in points leagues, not not just relief pitcher. I'm taking all the sparps out. Number five closer in points, number eight in roto, and Kinsler has the second most saves in the American League behind Alex Colome. This yeah. is why I don't uh, prioritize closers much on draft day. My two closers in Tout Wars, uh, I I think I drafted them both beyond round twenty in a fifteen team league. Jim Johnson and Brandon Kinsler. Both of them have kept their jobs all year. They've given me like 50 saves combined. All right. What does Brandon Kinsler have more of? Saves or strikeouts? <laughs> Could he guess saves? <laughs> strikeouts. Scott is correct. He has 26 <laughs> saves and 25 strikeouts and 41 in the third innings. But that's kind of my point. Like, he, look, he's, you just he, have to be, you just have to be just good enough not to lose your job. He's been to be lucky to have closer. a 218 ERA. Sure. He's probably a pretty average pitcher, but 
average can get the job done as a closer if you keep your job. Mm-hmm. As Tom Petty would say, Scott, you got lucky. I was going to sing nah. it, but I decided not to. By I, design. I really, I just never, I, I just, I struggle so much with closer approach. I usually prioritize it. Like I get two, two relief pitcher points league where you can start Sparps. You know, it's not as important, but in those leagues, like Tout Wars, look, if one of those guys was a bust for you in Tout Wars, it's so hard to find them. That's a 15 team league. It's hard mm-hmm. to find them because everybody needs closers. Anybody that comes available, becomes available, gets picked up pretty quickly. So I, my main priority when I'm drafting closers is job security. Uh, like I like a I guy felt who's like got both, some... I, I felt like both had nobody who could really replace them. All right. Well, that's I, important. I felt like they had job security. Cause Jim Johnson, Jim Johnson's been fine, but if he were on like a real contender, I think that at this point he's probably done enough. Like if there had been an obvious replacement uh behind him, that maybe he would have lost his job. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But because he does have a, he does have a pretty high number of blown saves. But his FIP is only two. Like he's had bad luck, probably. All right. Uh, so he's he's act. He, I feel like he's actually a good pitcher. Kinsler, maybe not. And. Look, both of them are outside my top 20 relievers going forward. I, I, there are Sparps mixed in there. I couldn't give you the answer quickly if I took the Sparps out. But it's, a, it's not like I rate them both highly as closers, but, the, but they're fine. But like, the point to not invest all that heavily in closer, I think, is a good one. Because you look at a lot of the guys that we had as that second tier of the first tier. You know, I think we all agreed there were like 14 really, really good closers. I mean... Sung Wan O's been really bad. Edwin mm-hmm. Diaz lost his job for a little while. Ken Giles has had his up and downs. Herrera's been bad. Uh, Jers Familia obviously got hurt. And, you know, going through, the, it looks like about 12 or 13 teams have already changed their closure either through injury or performance. And, like, that feels, that might be low for a normal year, you know? No, like, that, there's not, a lot it, of turnover. It's not over yet. Um, right, right. Uh, but just, you yeah, know, we're, we're we're about to see a lot more closing changes, I think, in the sure, next two yeah. weeks. I don't know. I, I agree and I disagree because I'd really love to have Kenley Jansen on one of my teams right, right now. Right, if you, you can know? get Kenley Jansen, but you have to pay but, a lot. For but it. what if you drafted Zach Britton instead? Well, look, injuries and busts happen at every position. We, we do this with uh with the yeah. starting pitcher debate too. But the you want the guys who are elite and stay elite, and if yeah. you can predict who is going to stay elite, that's great. But at a position where I mean, there's the thing, so much turnover naturally. Right, the turnover is the thing. Because, like, the thing about relief pitchers is if they fill one of those 30 roles across baseball, they have high value. If they don't, they have almost no value. So, like, it, it can it can go from, like, priceless to worthless so quickly. So, yeah, it, it, it's like – and it's easy to overreact to one really good year, like Sengwon O or Edwin Diaz. But, and the track record's not necessarily there. But you're being a little hard on Diaz. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been fine. He's been no, he but like he lo- he did lose his job. He did for like a there week. There are there are people who invested in him and dropped him in June. Well, they shouldn't have dropped him. We said that like a million times. Don't drop him. I didn't drop him. Right, but it's it's hard to hold on to a closer when they lose their job. I guess he really lost it for about a week, uh, and yeah. and four straight saves in four straight days for Edwin Diaz. Hey, are you aware? That there are three players who currently have homered in three straight games. At least three. Three that I can think of. Uh, do you know who they are? Hint, two of them are teammates. Three players who have homered in three straight games. 
Has Conforto done it? New. No. No. Two games in a row? I think two out Kyle of three. Kyle Seeger's but... done it. Okay. Kyle Seeger has done it. Congratulations. Yeah, we've been we've been waiting for that. Nelson Cruz has also done it. Those are the teammates. Those are the teammates. And uh the third player to homer in three straight games is none other. Steven Souza? He is from Coral Springs, Florida, my hometown. Anthony Rizzo? Anthony Rizzo has homered in three uh, straight games. Yeah, he's on like a 40 homer pace. He's yep. he's only 9 away from a setting a career high in home runs. Yeah, how about this? So, so Rizzo's career high is 32. He is on a 40 homer pace. If he plays 50, 155 games, which is what he played last year, he'd get 39.6 is what he'd be on pace for. Um, and with that, in categories this, leagues, Rizzo's the number seven first baseman in points leagues, number five in Roto. Uh, little, it's so surprising that he's only batting 260 and he has nine more walks than strikeouts. Very, yeah, very I, I think that's, if he was hitting 290 or 285 with those, you know, Four or five extra hits and whatever else comes with it, he's probably top five. He's really, really good. Yeah, that's surprising to me that he's lower in points leagues, considering he has more walks no, than strikeouts. No, he's not. He's he's higher in points leagues. He's oh, so, okay. Sorry, he's, I misheard. I misheard you. Yeah. I mean, we we took him what fourth at first base mm. in our uh, in our draft last week. So yeah, I mean, none of us pretty none much, of us are down yeah. on Rizzo. We we may if, if we redid it, we were talking about Blackman. Uh, potentially us undervaluing Blackman. We may take Blackman over Rizzo if we could redo it now. His, I mean, his last 365 game numbers are redonkulous. Charlie Blackman? Yeah, I said redonkulous. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah. Uh, all right, last, uh, hey, are you aware of that? Hey, are you aware that uh, Ryan Zimmerman is now the all-time leader in home runs for the Expos franchise, Expos slash Nationals franchise? That surprises me, actually, because he passed Vladimir Guerrero, who I feel like was so good for so long. I mean, I'm sure he had more, what, four-plus war seasons for the, the franchise than yeah. than Zimmerman has but had. Zimmerman's been there for, what, yeah. 11 years? Yeah. It's yeah. just, I think it, I think part of that is just how much faster time moves in adulthood than in childhood. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, it seemed like Vladimir Guerrero was there forever, but I guess Zimmerman has too, and it's just gone faster. Alright, so here's the thing about Zimmerman. He is currently the number seven point, uh, first baseman in points, number five in Roto. Remember when he got dropped and he picked him up for five dollars or something like that in a weekly fab league, four dollars? Um, yeah. Ryan Zimmerman has actually been kind of cold. 54 games yeah. now, he has a 741 OPS, uh, and only seven home runs. So, who was, do you remember who dropped him in that league? I know he listens to the show. I can't remember who the heck yes, it was. Yes, it was, um, oh man, I'm not gonna remember. It, it, Lance? Lance, yes. Yes, it was Lance. Brozkowski? Uh, Brozkowski? I'm sorry, Lance. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lance Goskowski. He plays for the Patriots. He was like, look, <laughs> I'm going to have a better first baseman as I stream than Ryan Zimmerman rest of the year. And, and I don't know. He might be right. What do you think of this uh, Zimmerman 54 games with a 741 OPS? That just does not cut it at first base. Uh, he, he runs the site big3sports.com. Just want to throw that out there while we're mentioning him. Um, I think, well, well, first of all, I mean, I don't know if we want to revisit that point, but considering where Zimmerman's value was at the time, there was no reason to drop him, right? I mean, yes, but but let's you not had, revisit you had to that. get something for the value he had built up to that point. But looking forward, um, 
I think this regression was partially expected, and there may be even a little more to come. His BABIP is still on the high side, but I still see him as a must-start player. I'm not, I don't think he's going to fall that much unless he gets hurt. Okie dokie. I agree. That's Ryan Zimmerman. And uh, we got to talk about shortstops here, actually. That was, the segment went a little long. But you know what? That's okay. Shortstops. The good. I was going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. It just didn't work. So the good and the slumping. The good shortstops, Jose Reyes, who's been just very consistent for a while now. Last 28 days, he is the number 11 shortstop in points, number 13 in roto. Reyes is batting 329 in that stretch. He is, he is 33% owned. And Paul DeYoung, whenever he plays the Mets, he homers. Four games against the Mets, he's 10 for 17 with four home runs and four doubles. Um, otherwise, I don't know, he's been fine. But Paul DeYoung is 55% owned. Do you have anything to say about Reyes or DeYoung? I have, uh, let, Jose Reyes is only what, 33% owned? Yes. I think that's too high by half. <laughs> too high? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, if his last 28 days are by far the best of his season, and he's the number 11 shortstop, I don't care. That's, I, yeah, like, I feel that. He had below a 700 OPS each of the first three months. He's been good in the month of July, but he's not stealing base. Like, I just, I don't see any reason to buy into to Jose Reyes at this point in his career. Okay, what about Paul DeYoung? Are you, are you... Would uh, much rather have Paul DeYoung. Yeah, would you rather have Paul DeYoung or Orlando Arcia? Arcia. DeYoung, I would. I, I feel like I sold him short when we talked about him yesterday. I think it was... Because you look at his last two years in the minor specifically, uh, big uptick in power. And the plate discipline's horrible, so he really needs the power to factor. But at shortstop, he doesn't need both. That like, might be the one position where he can get by with one or the other, and I think the power is mostly legit. I think if you combine his AAA numbers and his major league numbers this year, he might be the most home run hitting shortstop in baseball this year. Hmm. Well... That sounds a lot like uh Aledmus Diaz. Right? Had some power in the minors, came up and it translated. Well, it was it was a longer trend than than Diaz's was. Uh, cool. 23 home runs combined De Young has this year. It's Cardinals Devil Magic. Cardinals Devil <laughs> Magic, sure. All right. So let's look at these three slumping shortstops. And one of them is Xander Bogarts and boy, he's been ice cold. He's batting 167 with one extra base hit. Uh, in his last 16 games, five walks and 20 strikeouts. And that batting average is under 300 and only six home runs this year for Bogarts, who still is the number seven shortstop in points and number nine in Roto. Uh, 51 runs scored probably helps. Zach Cozart, number 12 shortstop in fantasy. Last 18 games, he's batting 172 with a 493 OPS. This was after 51 games with a one, uh, with an OPS over a thousand, 1059. Uh, so that's last 18 games for Cozart, batting 172. And Chris Owings, number 10 in points, number 6 in Roto. He, yeah, I mean, last 39 games for Owings. Basically like half his season, uh, a little less than that. He's got a 731 OPS and three steals. He's just been whatever. So, you know, Cozart and Owings were very pleasant surprises. Bogarts had a weird year. All three of those guys are slumping. You guys see anything here? Uh, you know, nobody's dropping Bogarts, but... Would you consider dropping Cozart or Owings? Sure. I mean, it, it just depends on 
what I have and what's available. Now, the shortstop position is such a disaster that there's a good chance they're still the best options. But I don't see any reason to believe that Zach Cozart is just undroppable. I mean, the fact he's 90% owned tells me somebody values him, even if I don't. And but, personally, I do. But I mean, should they? Should they value I think, Cozart? I think he has pretty good power for a shortstop. I like the plate discipline. I, I, I still think Zach Cozart's a top 10 shortstop. Okay. Uh, Owings, I've been on the fence about all year, but he's, you know, he's had his ups and downs, and I don't think this is like the nail in his coffin. So uh, I, I don't think there's reason to drop either of them personally. All righty. Well, that was fun. Four-man rotation. John Lester with a nice start at Atlanta. Seven innings, three hits, one run. One walk and six strikeouts. His previous two starts were terrible. Five and two-thirds, nine earned runs, and a lot more unearned runs. So Lester bounces back. It's not the first time he's done this. Like, let's see a little consistency. Um, Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman is the number 19 pitcher in points, starting pitcher. Number 24 in Roto. He's got a 1-2-6 whip. He's got 98 strikeouts in 119 innings. I love Stroman because he's so consistent. You know, like he, he's had actually like a few like really bad starts, but for the most part, he goes out there and gives you a good start time and time again. But low strikeouts, high whip. Is he overrated? Marcus Stroman, like actually Marcus Stroman's FIP, which I hate, but his FIP is higher this year than it was last year. And his ERA is over a run better. Yeah, I think there's just been some. It's it's weird trying to figure out what the uh, what the luck is, and I think it's just his strand rate is ten percent higher. So he's doing, he's having better success leaving runners on base. I don't want to say he's doing something different, but he is the kind of pitcher you would think could have a good strand rate because he gets so many ground balls. He's gonna get. A higher than average number of double plays. Yeah, he leads, um, I think he leads baseball in double plays. At the very least, Stroman leads the American League. And that, that'll do it. Um, he's good. I, I don't know, I, who's over, who's overrating him? Uh, I don't, I'm just saying, is he, I'm thinking about selling Stroman in my Roto League. Points League, no. Cause you love the consistency. But he hurts you in two categories. He hurts you in strikeouts, I'd say, and he, Certainly doesn't help in whip. And I buy that because he gives up a lot of hits because he gets so many ground balls. You know? But doesn't uh, he throw a lot of innings, which helps the strikeout total play up, even if the rates? He's got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has 119. Well, he has 98 strikeouts right now. Is that a lot? Mm, no. I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily hurting you in strikeouts. He's not helping. He's yet. he's a little bit below average for a starting pitcher. He's a twenty point three percent, seven point four K per nine. I, I I do think he's more valuable in points leagues than Roto, as most pitchers are. Um so yeah, I'd be okay with trading him for an elite bat in, in Roto. Well, elite, that might be more than you could get, but I don't know. Like what what would be a good return? What would what would be enough of a return to compel you to move Stroman in that league, Adam? Uh, Harper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get an like a first um, rounder for him, like that's. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, maybe like 
Yeah, I I, I have trouble with this game sometimes. I have to really have well, to look no, at but, the rosters. But I think that's that's a uh, a salient point is that um, you know, when I asked who's overrating him, is anybody in your league overrating him? Because that that would be the person to sell him to. But yeah, I feel like the perception on him at the beginning of last year was big breakout, and then he has a disappointing season. Some people liked him as a breakout, but I think a lot of people view him as just a a, a decent starting pitcher. steady number three. Yeah, no, he's he's a good fantasy. He is for sure very steady, yeah. and he's been closer to number uh, number two. He's been nineteenth in points, twenty fourth in roto. Uh, I guess this is what I would say. So this particular roto league. I'm in fifth, I think, and I don't know. It doesn't seem like I have a great chance to win. I could see myself in this scenario going for it, trading, trying to trade him for Justin Verlander. Sure, I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but in, I have in, some concerns about Verlander because his control's so, been so mediocre this year, and he's complained so vocally about the uh, about the baseball that I wonder if even if it's not the reason if there's like a mental block there because yeah. right. it was the, it's the same baseball as the second half right and the second half last year was yeah, the best Verlander we've ever seen he's been and Justin Verlander's always vocal he's not the kind of guy who complains silently he likes to make a big scene and get all the reporters around him but okay you know he <laughs> we've heard him complain about it a number of times yeah and I just I do wonder if there's something there yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, sorry to move things along here, but Julio Tehran uh, had a good start yesterday. Six quality starts in his last seven. I want to talk briefly about Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez is 88% owned, and he struggled early and then settled down in his first start off the DL against Toronto. Three runs in five and a third and eight strikeouts, four walks. Would you rather have Eduardo, Regre- Eduardo Rodriguez or Sonny Gray? Sonny. Sonny Gray. Eduardo Rodriguez or uh, Verlander? Verlander. Verlander. Alex Cobb. Erod. Erod. Luis Castillo. That was the hot take I had yesterday on Twitter. Somebody asked me that. I went with Castillo, but I'm maybe going a little overboard in my love of Luis Castillo. I will admit that. Yeah, I'll take. I I feel like Castillo's trying to catch up to what Rodriguez already is. Okay, so I'll take Rodriguez. Rodriguez wishes he had the highest <laughs> fastball velocity in baseball. Would you rather have Eduardo Rodriguez or Mike Fires? Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez. Okay. And fringy starting pitchers. First of all, Eduardo, uh, Adam Wainwright is 86% owned. That blows my mind. Um, But would you pick up any of these guys if you saw them on waivers? Wainwright, Ariel Miranda, Zach Wheeler, Brent Suter, Jared Eikhoff, Jordan Zimmerman, and... And Armand Marquez. Zatcha. Uh, um, <laughs> not really looking to pick any of them up. No, I, Miranda would probably be tops on my list, but his last two starts have been bad. So. Ikoff would be at the top of my list. Here's the bottom line. We had some pretty garbage pitchers going yesterday. Garbage. Ikoff's at the top of your list. He's been terrible. But his, yeah. uh, his last two starts were pretty good before last night. Uh, garbage. Okay, emails. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Max. I'm in a 10-team head-to-head points keeper league, tied for first with a points advantage. I have four shortstops on my 10-team head-to-head points keeper league. Uh, who should I drop? VR, Cozart, Simmons, 
Gregorius. Should drop VR if it's a points league. Yeah. Uh, no. The only reason you're holding on to him is steals, I feel like. Maybe Gregor- Gregorius, maybe, but... Yeah, I think Gregorius is the one I like the most out of that group, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But I think they're all in that kind of meh range. Yeah. All right, next up we have Steve. Hey, George, George Jr., and George the Third. Oh. Okay. Are those, like, kings? <laughs> I don't think kings usually go by junior, right? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, for whatever Foreman? reason, I- I'm still <laughs> holding on to Alex Bregman. Should I jump ship and pick up Nick Castellanos? I need home runs. I would bet on Nick Castellanos having more home runs than Alex Bregman. I think they're probably in the same range. Um, Castellanos has shown more skill this season, and since the numbers are pretty much the same, I'll go with Castellanos. Yeah, wait, wait, wait a day or two and see if Bregman picks up shortstop eligibility, though. <laughs> yeah, way. I like Bregman more regardless. Uh, this is from Johnny Hopkins in Peoria, Illinois. Adam, I hear you were in Costa Rica last week on your honeymoon. While you were out there, there was a two-round mock draft for 2018. Okay, no, first of all, I was not in Costa Rica. I, I was in Bermuda. <laughs> I was just, uh, I was try- I, I thought you had mentioned it and that was just where I went. It's a cliche honeymoon spot, right? It's cheap. It's well, a good place to go. Costa Rica. I, yeah. uh, we went to Bermuda. They got horses. <laughs> I've been to Costa Rica. Bermuda's a lot nicer, but Costa Rica was very nice too. They're just different. They're different. Did you ride any horses? In Bermuda? No, I did not. But I snorkeled. With fish. Ah. That's basically the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. I rode fish. <laughs> um, why wasn't Anthony Rendon, or is Anthony Rendon even close to approaching the second round next year? Uh, I mean, he's been close to a second rounder in the past. Um, well, you I made would the say draft. coming into the 2015 season, he was probably being drafted right around there. Yeah, he probably should be. Probably should be in the discussion. He's two homers shy of a, of a career high, he has four more walks than strikeouts, which is just amazing. He's been the best hitter in the universe. I mean, you can be really like good in fantasy and not be a top yeah. two rounder, right? It doesn't right. Feel but like I, I think he's, me. I think he's currently in consideration for the third. I yeah. don't know. No, like, that, I wouldn't disagree with that. Like he's this, got a thousand OPS right now. This past year, Robinson Cano went in like the middle of the third round. You know, kind of how I feel about Rendon, right? If he's, yeah, middle of the third. Like over the last 365 days, Rendon has 42 doubles, 29 home runs, 113 RBI, yeah. and a 945 OPS. So? He might just be really good. <laughs> Very right, good right. numbers, but there are probably 16 other hitters with numbers as good or better. And All right, that's last, probably the ones we came up with. Last yeah. email, last email from Cody. Uh, who, who should I be looking to sell? Elvis Andrews or Gene Segura? I would be looking to sell Segura. I actually think there's more regression coming for him than Andrews. His success this year is almost entirely built on batting average. He hasn't run that much, hasn't hit for the power he did last year. Uh, I would, I already have traded him in one league. Actually, our league, Adam, we traded him. Do you think... Andrews is better than Segura, or do you just think mm-hmm. he has more trade value? No, I think Andrews is better than Segura now. I'm not, uh, I'm not ruling out that he's a pretty, you know, 
a, a, a respectable power hitter now, Andrews, and I think he's clearly a better base dealer. Mm-hmm. Batting average potential is probably similar. All right, Andrews is just better. Time to go. Time to go. Chris, thank you for joining us. Hope your car is okay and your internet. <laughs> and uh, Scott, thank you for being here since the start of the show. Means a lot to I me. I know. Yeah. Trooper. Grade the trade tomorrow. Oh, yeah. See you later.